You're listening to the Confessions of a Hashtag Beauty Boss podcast. I'm your host, Angela Sanchez, beauty business mentor and founder of Beauty Business Co. I want you to believe that you can achieve anything if you set your mind to it. I'll be interviewing leading beauty industry professionals and discovering exactly what drove them to becoming the hashtag beauty boss they are today. Are you ready to be inspired? You're listening to episode 37 of the Confessions of a Hashtag Beauty Boss podcast with today's guest, Kara Lehman. Kara is the owner of the Beauty Boss VA, a virtual beauty queen that helps beauty business owners with the overwhelming tasks that we know we all should be doing, but running a beauty business is a huge job. There's so much to do, many hats to wear, and let's face it, sometimes we just want to focus on the things we love doing instead of have to be doing. You might still be doing tasks like email marketing and processes, and it's really time to look at your digital ecosystem and how that can work for you, not you working for it. And well, Kara has the solution for you. Not only that, Kara has so much industry experience and I have loved hearing her beauty boss journey. So get ready to be inspired. This episode is brought to you by our Beauty Business Vision Planner. It's a completely free resource that you can download to mind map where you see yourself and business and giving a 360 view on what you want that to look like. It's helped thousands of beauty business owners gain clarity and direction, and it's my gift to you for being a loyal podcast listener. So head to www.beautybusinessco.com slash freebies and get yours today. Kara, welcome to my virtual beauty lounge. It's so lovely to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm so well. Thank you for having me. I'm so, so excited to be here. Yay. I'm, you know, relaunching this podcast. You're my first interview since we've relaunched and it's lovely to have you because we've connected over, I probably say maybe the last six to eight months um, and absolutely adore what you do for our industry. And I think that just whatever I can do within my platform to share your message is um, it's just so going to be so beneficial for our listeners so um, I would just always like to start the interview, though, with getting your definition of what a hashtag beauty boss is. Oh, well, thank you so much, Angela. I'm so honoured to be here and so excited to be your first interview back. Um, but I guess my, my definition of a beauty um, boss is a beauty business owner who lives a life on purpose. I think it's really important that we do that, that we live, breathe, love what we do and are there for, you know, a really heart-driven reason to change people's lives through our businesses. So that's how I lived when I had my salon and I hope that everybody else is feeling the same way. Yes, oh, I love that. I think um, that's probably why we've connected and vibed so well because that's exactly one of my main reasons as well. And being in this industry is so powerful because whatever that purpose is for you, it can take you in whatever direction you want it to go. Like we have lash techs, we have brow techs, we have beauty businesses that do the one-stop shop services. And then 
just can't wait to hear all about your journey because you've turned your passion of beauty and owning your own business into serving others and helping them with overwhelm. So let's just dive into that. Where did it all begin for you? Um, and what made you even choose beauty therapy um, as a career path in the first place? Sure. So um, it's actually kind of a funny story. I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was a child or a teenager. I just, yeah, I never had any real clear understanding of what it was that I wanted. Um, and when I was in high school, I was never really a strong academic. Um, I was more of a creative person and I just had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And um, probably the, the main reason I chose to go into beauty therapy was I knew that university was not for me. I just, my sister had gone to university and I just, it just didn't appeal. And when I was looking through the, the guide of what was next, I um, stumbled across beauty therapy and my mom was actually a hairdresser when I was growing up. So I was kind of exposed to the hair industry as a child and it, it just kind of intrigued me and I thought, wow, like that sounds like so much fun, like making people look beautiful and feel good. And I didn't want to be a hairdresser, but I, I did love sort of being exposed to what my mum did. And, and just as a kid, I guess, seeing people leave um, my mum's little home salon, you know, just ecstatic with the way that they look. So I think I fell in love with the um, concept of making women feel good uh, from a kid and from the experience I had with my mum and her home salon. So I think that was what ultimately made me decide to go to TAFE and study beauty therapy. Um, but I guess I didn't really know that I would love it so much until I started doing that. So that was, I guess, where I started. Um, and then from there, I just yeah, fell into all different areas. I started as a nail tech, um, actually. So I started doing my nail tech course first. Um, started doing nails from home while I was studying my certificate four in beauty therapy um, and it just kind of progressed from there so I actually did it things a little bit differently I studied part-time um, two nights a week over a couple of years as opposed to doing the diploma full-time um, in one hit I wanted to actually work while I studied so I uh, <laughs> kept my high school job in a fruit shop where I was um, supervising by that time and um, worked there during the week and then went and did my study of the night time and um, yeah it took a little bit longer but I think it was definitely what gave me the confidence to go into the area of the industry that I did straight out of college. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that whole story because there are some people that I went through my diploma with and they chose not to become a beauty therapist. So I think yeah. there's always that, yeah, factor where we really do decide if this is what we want to do for the long-term game. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not just painting nails and doing makeup. And I never forget that time I got sent to a beauty college for my work experience in year 11. And I thought I was going to be going to a fashion school. For <laughs> and then like, yeah, sitting down, learning the anatomy of the body and all the muscles and bones. And then in like lunch, after lunch break, we were doing facials. And um, that just, yeah, it really gave me that open insight into there's so much more to beauty therapy than just you know, the aesthetic side of it. So Absolutely. you're either going to love that or, or not. And then just looking at our industry now and how far we can excel our education 
um, through all the short courses, just through this pivot time that we've had even, like people really working on their education. It's been amazing to see. Um, we can just honestly take that as a never stop learning um, little tip, absolutely. right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, um, it's, it's actually interesting. I, I, once I had done my... Uh, certificate four, I, about probably three weeks before I graduated, I approached a local Elabache salon and they had a role going for an assistant manager and <laughs> here's me all confident thinking, you know, I know how to supervise. I know I've just, you know, almost qualified as a beauty therapist. This will be fine. I'll, I'll be able to get this job. And I um, actually managed to secure my first job in the industry as an assistant manager in a franchise and that was really the stepping stone for me I guess um, and I think it was the fundamental foundations of how I ended up owning my own salon and and ultimately becoming what I am today is because I just had so much confidence when I graduated not necessarily in my skills but just in I guess my people skills I was really confident in being able to to work with people on a, a management level. And, you know, I was only 19 at the time and I uh, did have a lot of um, tough times getting the other team members to respect me, I guess, coming straight from college. But it was a, a really great experience for me, my first job out of college, um, being able to to go in and, and do that straight off the, the hatch. So I didn't um, work just as a therapist for any period of time. I just went straight into management and, um, hit the ground running so I think that's that was another yeah founding point in my career that has got me to where I am today yeah so good it's so true like you can put the skill into any therapist and those leadership skills will come throughout time and experience but you really can't put the passion into yeah. anything you know like so it's so great that the um the owner of that business had the belief in and like really saw the shining um you know talent within you as well so and Absolutely. obviously it built like you um obviously loved the Elabache brand so where did it lead to next yeah so about um probably not even 12 months into my job there I um started to I don't know, I don't even know what, what inspired it, but I just started to want my own salon. And um, my dad was retiring from his um, corporate job at the time. And there was a lot of development going out, uh, going on out in our area. And I just, my parents must've thought I was crazy at the time, but I pulled them aside and I said, Hey mom, Hey dad, like, you know how much I love my job. Um, there's, you know, work going out for development at the moment. Do you think we could maybe look at starting our own franchise and because my dad was retiring I think he thought um, oh you know this could be just like a little side project that will you know give me a little bit of something to do and um, yeah we looked into it and um, I knew there was a need for the business out um, this way there was no salons really at all in the Ipswich area so I, um, I did a lot of research and um, yeah we, we ended up <laughs> probably six months after that conversation, um, opened our very own salon. So we, um, we went with a franchise because A, I loved the brand, um, but B, we also knew that we did need that business support. So um, yeah, we, we just thought it was a, 
I guess, perfect scenario for, for someone who didn't have much business experience um, to go with a brand that was already well known, it was established and we knew that clients were already coming um, from the location to where I was working. So, which was, you know, a 30 to 40 minute drive, sometimes even longer. So um, we knew the need was there and we just, yeah, basically jumped on an opportunity while it was there and um, never looked back. And I don't think we ever expected the business to get as um, big as it did, uh, but it was, yeah, an amazing time in our lives. So that's, that's so kind of how it all amazing. happened. So cool. <laughs> I could listen to you all day because I just like, like I, I get so inspired by these stories. And so before we go on, because there's so much more to this, um, this story that you have, um, <laughs> did you purchase an already existing clinic and turn it into an Alabache or did you start from scratch? No, we started completely from scratch. So there was literally nothing. Um, it was a brand new shopping center. So we, we went through the entire process. So um, yeah, completely from scratch. So we had to source clients. We had to um, design the entire salon um, through the whole building process, learned a lot around that. Um, yeah, and just did a lot of training through Elabache. So I think that was a, a really big help. Um, but I started with just myself and I think it was three staff um, when we opened and um, had no idea what I was doing. Basically just read everything out of a manual <laughs> and just kind of um, went off the experience I had in the, the salon that I previously worked in and um, yeah, kind of, I guess, winged it uh, from there. It was, it was, it was really good. Um, we did a lot of, um, I guess, marketing and PR before we opened. So we did have a little bit of a plan in place. And I think that really gave us um, a kickstart in, in getting clients in the door. But yeah, there was literally nothing prior to us opening in the area. So it was all brand new and, and we kind of really didn't know what to expect. But um, yeah, we did really, really well. We reached our goal that we wanted to reach in our first year of business, um, which was really exciting. And yeah, it was, it was kind of, it just grew from there. That's so amazing. And so great to have that family support behind you as well, because it's not easy going from an idea into making it a reality. Sometimes yeah. we overthink it and it sounds like, you know, you just, you had that support there to sort of just give you the permission to say, let's do this. So that's yeah. just amazing. Um, all right, let's continue, Cara. Where did it go from here? What was the next step from the business? Um, so, I mean, over the years, I just basically kept kept trying new things. Um, I just always wanted to reach new goals. So I was always setting myself, um, you know, financial and team goals and personal goals. Um, and, you know, we kept hitting them. But after a couple of years, I did get to a point where we got a little bit stag stagnant. Um, we stopped growing. We kind of hit... A certain point we couldn't get past it and I had a lot of um, highs and lows with staffing and you know looking back on it, it it wasn't just the staff it was also my own mindset and my own um, I guess limiting beliefs that held me back during that time um, I found I wanted to keep growing and keep doing new things and then I started to push the boundaries with the franchise and I think that was um, probably the turning point for me, I started to, I guess, feel I wanted more from 
my business and I as much as I love the brand and and the franchise unit I really wanted to start getting into other areas that I knew weren't possible within the brand so um, I approached my dad and said look I think it's probably time that we maybe look at selling Um, so after about seven years in we started to put the processes in place on selling the business and to be honest it wasn't as easy as what we had hoped Um, We didn't think it would take as long as it did. Um, There was lots of challenges during that time. I had another baby during that time. I got, you know, during my whole business journey, I got married, I had kids and that was a whole learning process in itself as well and an adaption that I needed to learn. Um, But basically what forced me to change things in my business was really ultimately selling it and removing myself from the business was part of the process of selling it um, because we really wanted to prove to a potential buyer that it was possible to run the business to a high level without being reliant on the the owner for bringing in income, Mm -hmm. um, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that was kind of the journey um, it took after a couple of years. So we really had to invest a lot into it to try and work out the best way to approach it for a potential new owner Um, because for me it just became really important that the owner of the business needed to be aligned with the brand and to take it to to its next level it needed someone to love and nurture it as much as I did back in those early days when I first fell in love with it so yeah that was kind of the what happened next Um, we did eventually sell the salon um, when we eventually also reached our goal of seven figures. Um, That was always a goal I had in the business. I wanted to be a seven figure business. Um, And yeah, it was kind of a bittersweet moment because, you know, it was a chapter of my life. It was a decade of my life. And I feel like I kind of grew up with the business. Um, But it was, it was definitely time to, to move on to the next stage um, of my career. And that whole experience taught me so much about yeah, how to successfully run a business and also how important personal growth and development is in a business. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Incredible. So you've had, th- have you got three kitties? I do have three kids now. Yeah. <laughs> I did yeah. So did you um, take some time off then to be just full mama or did you, dive into your next venture with the virtual assistant? Um, so I had actually never planned to have had three children. It was always just going to be two. And um, our littlest was a beautiful surprise. And it was probably a couple of months after I'd sold the business, I found out I was pregnant. And when I sold the business, I actually had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I felt a, a a bit lost and um, had no real idea what to do next. Um, and I think there was a reason for that. I think I was meant to feel that way because little did I know <laughs> Jack was coming and um, he was about to change my life to a whole new level. And um, I actually was offered a position with um, a lot of people know Carissa Hill. So she's an industry expert with marketing yep. and business. 
and I actually worked with her for a couple of years. And this is probably where I was exposed to um, the whole virtual assistant, personal assistant, online um, services. And it really taught me a lot about that aspect of the business. And yeah, it wasn't really until um, midway through last year, I had actually um, finished maternity leave. I went back with Carissa for a while and then I just started to crave more. Um, I wanted to kind of do a little bit more um, higher level work, managing and getting back into the beauty industry. Um, I started to have thoughts about salons again and I was still going through that whole process of what do I do next? Like what's next for me? I don't know what's next for me. And um, after I finished up with Carissa, I went in and, and did some general management for um, some beauty clinics last year. And that again taught me a whole different perspective because realistically, I'd only been exposed to one particular model of beauty business, um, being a franchise model. And it was really great to be exposed on a completely new level as a general manager of multiple clinics and um, different aspects of the industry as well. So um, there was lots of different treatments in that clinic that I had never had exposure to and um, lots of different elements as well. So I learned a lot from that experience as well. And I started to get... Um, a little bit overworked and a little bit overstressed and um, <laughs> a bit unwell towards the end of last year and it made me realize that it wasn't the lifestyle that I wanted to live I didn't want to leave my kids in care and um, not be there for them especially with Jack being so little and I just I said to my husband one day I said I think I just need to go all in on offering something else to beauty business owners um, like a virtual service where I can help them with their marketing, where I can help them with their um, admin or whatever it may be um, from home and I'll just freelance for a while. Um, and I think at the time he thought I was crazy. He was like, but you don't have any clients. And I was like, that's okay. It doesn't matter. I will manifest them. <laughs> and I just knew that I needed um, to change my lifestyle because I didn't want to be sick and unhealthy and just not in a positive mindset because I wasn't enjoying what I was doing each and every day. I wasn't waking up with purpose, I guess. Um, as much as I love my job and I love the people I worked with, I just it just didn't feel right within me. Um, so I kind of just took this <laughs> leap of faith and um, I started freelancing um, and I, I literally just put a Facebook post up one day and that was what basically changed everything for me. I, um, that one little Facebook post um, made a couple of clients reach out to me and I guess the rest is history. I, that was where it all started. <laughs> so, so. And yeah, now we, we have the Beauty Boss VA and um, it's, it's, it's just absolutely incredible how I'm now able to help so many amazing women in their businesses. Yeah, um, that's so amazing. I just, I love the fact that you have grown and evolved with the changes that have happened in your life as well, but it all comes back to that, um, like, 
your aligning values? If it's not making you feel good inside, what do you need to do to change that? Like you are the captain of your own ship and that driver behind your true happiness. And um, we're creatives and we have shiny object syndrome. So when you're in that space of like, I don't know what I want to do, but I could do this and I could do that. It's so important to just like, give yourself that mental space and the mind dreaming um, time, like whether that's, it might take half an hour for some, but it might take a whole week for another to switch off and be able to actually, yeah, give themselves permission to just like really sit with themselves and let that manifesting happen. And then for it to actually become really crystal clear for you um, of what your next path is. And yeah, you know, that's a great thing is that you dived in to see if it would work. And I think the biggest thing about your service is that you are solving a problem. And we do that within beauty businesses. We solve problems by waxing eyebrows so people don't have hairy eyebrows and they have a beautiful, um, you know, frame to their face. With everything we decide to do in our businesses, it's what problem am I solving and what transformation am I receiving from this? And you are certainly doing that for a lot of business owners. I know that some of our members in Beauty Boss Pro have reached out to you and just rave about your services. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I just know so well that feeling of overwhelm and it's just, you know, we have to wear so many hats, um, not just as women, but particularly beauty salon owners. Um, there's so many hats that you have to wear. You know, you have to be a trainer, you have to be a mentor, you have to be um, a life coach sometimes that, you know, you have to do treatments or product. There's so many different things um, that are involved in a beauty business. And I think if, if we stop the overwhelm and we just do the things that really light us up and that we enjoy doing and then learn to delegate, it can make such a difference in our businesses. Yeah, so true. So I know that you are completely booked out. You actually have a waiting list now. So if anyone's listening to this going, cool, I'm going to book Cara, you'll have to go on that wait list, which we'll leave all the links for everyone to get in touch. But if someone was to approach you um, about getting some support from your services, what types of things would they normally um, be seeking or asking for or what, or, um, what of your services can you help provide a beauty business owner? Yeah, sure. So generally my top things that I get requested um, help with are email marketing campaigns. Um, they're probably one of the biggest. Social media marketing um, and content creation. So just, yeah, basically a lot of the times business, beauty business owners, they know what they need to do, but it's just finding the time to sit and, and do it. Um, so a lot of social media um Facebook ads and marketing and things like that as well. Um, I do some of the behind the scenes things. So um, again, a lot of beauty bosses know they need to have their policies and procedures. They need to have their new client welcome letters and all of those little processes um, on systems in their business that they just don't have the time to sit down and basically create. So um I could be creating onboarding programs or I could be creating Google Drive documents, um, spreadsheets, things like that. So all the little things that you need in your business that you know you should be doing, tracking numbers, things like that, 
um, but you just don't have the time to sit down and create them. So um, I also do things like updating websites, um, landing pages, um, what else do I do? <laughs> so many different things. It's, um, you know, even just general customer service, so answering private messages or emails. Um, I've had a lot of requests recently for um, even like a, a virtual concierge service where I answer phone calls and things like that. Um, so that could possibly be something on the to-do list down the track. I just don't have the capability to do it right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess there's just all those little tasks that, everybody knows needs to be done um, and they want them done really quickly and efficiently for their clients that they they just know they're so time consuming so um, the best way that I usually get um, a beauty boss to choose the tasks is to get them to write a list of the things that they love doing in their business and then the things that they hate doing in their business yeah. and looking at the two and saying okay which ones can I actually delegate and which ones do I absolutely have to non-negotiably do so that's always a really great starting point is working at um, I guess all of those pains in your business that you just don't love to do and then I can sit down with you and say, okay, yes, that's something I can do. Or no, unfortunately, um, you're probably better to do it yourself or look at an expert in doing it with you. So, yeah, yeah. that's kind of how we work out how we're going to help somebody. So good. And, you know, like I think with the digital age that we're in right now for the beauty business owners to realize if they do love creating their social media graphics or, you know, when it even comes down to I've had some people like designing their own logos, it's like you've just spent five hours creating graphics that isn't really going to be giving you the return on investment from like yeah. where your expertise are. So we need to stay in our genius zones and make sure that we're outsourcing those to people that can just work faster. Like it, it took me a little while to, um, to hire a VA, but the lady that does my graphics for me, everything you see with beauty business co that's also linked into my beauty salon, all the fonts, all the colors, everything just um, like if you go into my Canva, it all just looks like it's a library that's supposed to be there, you know, because yeah. now she's so confident and I am so confident with her doing things. I don't have to check in or I don't have to be that bottleneck in my business that's like um, not getting out of my own way to be able to like make sure I do show up on social media because that post isn't perfect, you know? So um, yeah. it is important to take imperfect action sometimes. And I think you'll find, well, a lot of the feedback from the members that do work with you, Cara, they're just saying you've taken a weight off their shoulders and Aww. that's the feeling we want to feel right. Yeah. So that we yeah. can, yeah, focus on the things that light us up. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And, and, you know, so many of us crave more time with our family. Um, you know, we feel like there's so much time taken away from us from our businesses and it really doesn't need to be that way. It, it really can be a happy balance of both. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Well, so, so good. So we just need a few extra clones of Cara. So <laughs> <laughs> I am working on that. I am working on it. <laughs> absolutely. Well, we'll always keep um, everyone updated with um, you because you're absolutely incredible and I'm super grateful to just have you a part of our community as well so 
when you can sort of bring this in from your experience of owning a salon or just for feedback from you being within the industry, but which hurdles do you con continually see popping up when it comes to running a beauty business? Um, I think that the, one, the top ones that come to mind are, are definitely, it's always staff. Um, but I think staff is a massive connection with your own leadership. So I think staff and leadership are two things that continuously come up. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes we just don't know how to best, I guess, look at them or deal with them. So um, they're two definitely ones that I continuously always hear. Um, and then I think also um, the level of skills and um, even just flexibility. Um, there's a lot of, I guess, beauty business owners out there that have a level of expectation around hours and they're not flexible. Whereas that was something that I had to learn to change my mindset around when I had my salon um, was understanding that, you know, there are mums out there coming back into the industry there are um, people who want to study nursing and become, you know, a dermal or a cosmetic nurse. Um, so I think that was always another big hurdle um, that I would continuously hear about or see um, in the industry that, you know, you also see in groups a lot as well. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely a couple of things that I, I think come up a lot and they're definitely all things that you can work through and have really positive outcomes as well with the right mindset. Yeah, yeah, so true. And I know that the staff seems to be one of the major things. Every time I interview someone, it comes up. And I feel that, um, you know, we're connected with the beautiful Rebecca Miller who is known for leading an incredible um, team culture within her business and it's so great that Rebecca is so willing to um, mentor other business owners in that area so if you are feeling Absolutely. like it's continually coming up as a, a roadblock or a hurdle within your business just make sure you sit with that and reach out to the people that can support and help you as well um, because there are there's so many geniuses within our businesses and I think it's just like um, what that's why they have like the Y generation and the X generation we've been put into these categories yeah. <laughs> like we're, you know we're the digital age now so we have to learn to adapt with you know um, yeah what that kind of um, beauty therapist is coming through our businesses they might not be the old school that just likes to touch and massage all day they might be really incredible at managing your social media for you or doing Instagram stories and using yeah. them, um, using their strengths um, to benefit you and your business, but also creating that team culture where they feel a part of something as well. Absolutely. I yeah. really agree. So, yeah. so true. So what are your top two important tips for the aspired beauty boss listener to learn from when they're starting their own business? Um, number one tip is it starts with you, everything, everything is going to either be a success or a failure, depending on how you approach it and what your mindset is towards it. So, um, if the one piece of advice I can give is always reflect and stop and, and look at how you're, um, personally growing within your business. Cause I think when we are self-aware in that aspect, it can make such a massive impact. 
um, it's definitely something I didn't do in the beginning. I was always in ego and always in blame. And um, I learned a lot from that. And it wasn't until I started to go inward and look at my own personal growth and Leventine beliefs that it really made a massive change for my, not only my business, but my life as well. So I think that's absolutely number one um, for me. Um, and then I think number two would be definitely learn how to delegate and systemize. I think that is another absolutely essential part of um, being a beauty boss. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're just, in your own salon at home or you've got a team um delegation is just such an important tool and like we said before you know just making sure that you're doing the things that you absolutely love to do um because it just makes your overall business more of a success and it it shines through to your customers to your audience to everyone around you so yeah, yeah i think they're the, the two top tips that i have Amazing. Thank you. And I'd love for you to share three apps that you just can't live without and maybe even throwing a few in there that you think a beauty business owner should be having um, to help them with the saving of the time and the overwhelm. Yeah. So um, my top three apps, I mean, (laughs) I was thinking about this before and I'm like, oh, there's so many. How do I choose three? Um, But for me personally, the ones that I can't live without, uh, I use an app called monday.com. It's a project management tool and it does, it does so many things. Um, but basically it's my brain dump for business. <laughs> it has all of my projects, all of my tasks. Um, it allows me to, uh, I can update my team or my clients as to the progress of each task, where I'm at, if I need more information, sort of approximate dates they can expect work by. So it's basically just like my own little digital PA system that, um, yeah, I use on a a daily basis. I can communicate with clients through there. So it's just, yeah, it's it's amazing. If anybody needs a project management tool, (laughs) it is my go-to. So um, another one that I absolutely love to use, more so for a connection and communication tool is Voxer. It's like an instant walkie-talkie app. Um, and I've used that now for a couple of years in various jobs and also in my business now. And basically, you can talk to people in real life time like you were on a walkie-talkie. Um, and yeah, it's just a really great little tool that you can use. You can replay the messages so that, you know, if you didn't quite catch something, you can go back and listen to it. Um, so that's definitely an app that I love. And then probably my other one that um, I use on an everyday basis would be Planoly. Um, I just, there's so many different scheduling tools out there for social media, but Planoly is definitely my favorite. I love actually to design social media feeds in Planoly, but I I love also using um, Facebook Creative Studio for scheduling as well. So I like to use a blend of the two, but um, I definitely couldn't live without Flannelly because it just, for me, it's just the, my favorite out of all of them. So, yeah, um, I actually like during the COVID as everyone did, they got rid of some of the subscriptions they thought might not be of um, benefit to them during this time. And I deleted yeah. 
um, plan app, which is my social media scheduling tool that I use. And it lasted one week and I had to re-sign up because I just, <laughs> I'm such a visual person. So I couldn't handle yeah. the fact that I didn't know what post was coming and if there was a quote supposed to be next to, um, you know, another image and then adding two of the same um, like whether it's an image of me and then an image of me that just doesn't gel in my social media feed. So um, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's so funny because I get all nitty gritty about that and whether the images are square. So I'm always on it. My members like, hey, just letting you know that um, your text is half cut off your square and it's driving me insane. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's so important. So that aesthetic look is just great. Like I do highly recommend that people do get um yeah to see the images visually so that you can have a cohesive um feed for your social media absolutely and and one tool that i think every business owner should have um is a canva account and a Can the canva app because you know you can whip up anything in a canva account um really really quickly and it doesn't matter like what level you're at with design skills you can create something on the spot if you need to so that's definitely another app that i would highly recommend yeah any business owner to have as well yeah definitely i think some people try to weigh up whether it's worth paying for the app um to have your brand kit and everything but i guess when it comes to outsourcing you know like you don't want to be having to have a whole hour with the beauty boss saying, okay, well, so what fonts do you want to use? Do you yeah. have any colors? And like, if they haven't done that brand discovery um, session yet with themselves or with someone, um, it can become really hard. And um, yeah. yeah, so it's so important to have that. So if you've got Canva for work, you've got that capability to have the brand kit done and then you can literally give access to your VA or a graphic yep. designer to just pull things. And then what I also love about Canva is that whatever you do design on your laptop and my VA has access to my Canva. So whatever she does design on there and I want to have it on my phone, then I can open the Canva app on my phone and it's there and then I can save it to my camera roll. So it's literally yeah. like not having to save from the desktop into documents or pictures and then emailing myself or what, however I would do that to get it on my phone because Instagram you can only do on your phone. Um, yeah, so there's all these little hacks, you know, so I'm hoping yeah, that it's yeah. helpful for our listeners in a way, but um, yeah, always open to share our tips, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, Cara, what is one thing you're constantly searching for when, when it comes to support in what you do daily? Um, I was thinking about this earlier and I was like, gosh, I actually don't know what, what that is, but I think... Um, for support, it's probably just having a community of people around me that understand what it's like to be in business and the mum struggle and balance and juggle. So I think, yeah, just networking and community is probably the one thing that I'm always searching for. Um, and yeah, I think, I think the best thing that I can do for that is just to show up on a daily basis in different groups and um on social media connect with people and and just try to yeah support each other as best we can through those avenues yeah yeah that's so true it's um it's really great because i think being like there's so many beauty industry groups that we can be a part of but 
um, you and I are both part of Tracy Harris's group, the Social Methods Society. And um, I think that's where we originally met. Um, yeah. I'd seen yeah. that you were beauty specific. So we reached out to each other. And, um, you know, that's like a, a community of mums. So we're both mums. And it's just like so good to see that there's women in business doing the mum hustle thing. And, you know, you don't have to have every day figured out, but we're always there to support each other when um, you have a question or just need, you know, to to um, get yeah. some advice from someone. So, yep. yeah, it's so, so powerful. Community is definitely where it is at. And that's why I say it's so great to have you a part of our community because um, I don't know it all when it comes to the outsourcing side. So to be able to lean on you to serve our members is just amazing. It is. It's, it's definitely something I wish I would have had during my time as a salon owner because I always, I never even though I had the, I guess, the franchise community, I never really had a community outside of that. And there were often times where I felt alone because I couldn't be friends with my employees for, for different reasons. And um, I think it was probably what I craved the most during that period of time. So, um, yeah, it's definitely something I work really hard on now is making sure that I've, I've got that. Mm, yep. So yeah. good. And do you have any specific routines that you stick to to set your day up for success? Um, I definitely do. I um, always aim to try and wake up at least an hour before my three children do. <laughs> sometimes that works. Sometimes How do you doesn't. do that? <laughs> <laughs> I have to get up early. <laughs> um, but yeah, so summer is super easy for me. I love getting up at like 4.35 o'clock, going for a walk and just getting myself clear and, and ready for the day winter is a lot more challenging I must admit luckily my husband gets up early and goes to work every day as well so I kind of just try to get up the same time as he does um it doesn't always go to plan there are days when I'm tired um <laughs> but I definitely try to get up I sit down I actually like to brain dump and and write um as you've seen in my stories occasionally I share that I I do a dump in my beauty gloss planner um, I am a very big pen to paper girl. So, um, I usually do my planner. I usually do, um, a whiteboard as well for each day so that I know like they're the top priority tasks. And then I still have my project management tool as well. I just like to make sure that I've always got my thoughts out. Um, so I guess it's kind of like journaling and making sure that I've got my, my to-do list really clear. Um, so I tend to like to do that, um, before the kids get up. And um, I really like to make sure that I do some form of self-care practice every day. So whether that be just sitting alone for 10, 15 minutes, having a coffee or a tea and just getting to enjoy. Um, we live in a beautiful, beautiful place with acreage. So um, just enjoying listening to the birds and, and being outside in nature um, or whether that be, you know, going and doing something a little bit more for self-care, facial or a massage, something like that. Um, obviously, that's not a daily thing, but um, I definitely like to try and do something. You know, it might just be finding five minutes of quiet time to go and journal or meditate or um, stretch, that sort of thing. So um, they're, they're definitely the things that I try to do to set myself up for success. Um, yeah. yeah, so good. That's great that you do that. And it's very intentional. Um, yeah, I think that's really powerful. I just, I'm sort of 
still waking up with Emilio in the morning because he's waking up either two to three times or one of us is in his bed in the middle of the night and it's all been created through habits. So habits are yeah. pretty powerful. <laughs> oh, I, I feel you. I, my two-year-old still is very much awake during the night, but I know that if I don't do that first hour of the morning, then I just, I feel so overwhelmed and flustered. So I guess it's just, I know that it's going to benefit me. So I make mm. sure that even though I'm really tired, I'll just have some extra shots of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You've inspired me. I'm going to try, try and set a better morning routine for me. Even just if it's, I think like I'm good with the, the um, mind dumping stuff. I'm, I'm always on the go with that. Um, but I think it's more about that permission for self care for me that I struggle with a lot of the time. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. But if I wake up before him and go downstairs and do me, he'll wake up feeling where's mummy, where's mummy. Like seriously, Angela, go and do what you need to do. He'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my favorite thing to do over morning, if I like, if I ideally could do it every day, um, it's just a bit hard when my husband leaves so early. I would love to go walk and listen to a podcast for half an hour every morning. Um, in summer times, that happens, but not during winter. So, yeah, it does. It makes such a massive impact on your day. You just feel mm. so good. Yeah, awesome. Well, we'll move on to some rapid fire questions. What is the best book you've ever read? Definitely Mastering Your Mean Girl by Melissa Ambrosini. Oh, I love her so much. Yes. Yeah. And her podcast is also amazing. Um, the yeah. Melissa Ambrosini show. So much um, yeah, wisdom. And again, like working on your personal growth yeah. is always a work in progress. Um, so having yeah. um, people that are talking about wealth and um, you know, a bit of spirituality and just looking within yourself is always good to get out of the business mindset sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Who is someone that you'd love to meet in person? Definitely. I would love to have a conversation with Oprah. Yes. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably freeze up and be like, oh, hi. <laughs> and what is one thing you have procrastinated about this week oh, I'm doing my own book work <laughs> I know I need to outsource that so it's on the outsourcing to-do list <laughs> awesome and what is something you would jump at if you knew you wouldn't fail um I probably launch a skincare range yeah. really oh wow yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but more of a subscription self-care books, I think. That would yeah. be something I would jump at, but yeah. Amazing. I can totally see that for you, Cara. <laughs> <laughs> and if you were stranded on a deserted island with no Wi-Fi, what's one thing you wish you had with you? Mm. Probably just pen and paper. <laughs> so I can write notes to people. I think that would be, and I could journal to myself and... Yeah, I think if I had that, I'd be okay. Yeah. Imagine all the mind creativity you'd have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. So thank you so much, Cara. It's been an absolute treat and pleasure to have you on the show. It's been wonderful hearing about your journey. You're super inspiring. And it just goes to show you 
you can achieve anything if you set your mind to it. You're a true testament to that. So tell me what's next for you. Um, I know you're fully booked. You're planning to expand your team, but have you got anything in the works that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I definitely am hoping to launch um, a membership soon um, where I can help obviously get that VA um, templates and, and work out to as many people as possible um, as easily as possible. Um, so if people can't access me directly, they've got some other form of resource that they can connect with me. And then down the track, I definitely also love to um, work on helping other mums within the beauty industry who may not necessarily want to go back into the salon treatment world, um, learn how to become VAs in the industry and have that flexibility to work from home but still feel a part of the industry. So um, that's sort of another little project I've, I, I really want to aspire to over the next um, 12 months is, is building up a team of VAs of people within the industry who are looking for something new and something different and something flexible around their, their kids. So yeah, yeah. So good. I love that because even with the growth of beauty business co and the two groups that we have, um, having a community manager, that's not me. That's taking myself away from having to do all the things in there um, is probably what I'm looking for in our next growth stage, which is so exciting for me, but then it's, yeah, yeah. it's looking to that going, okay, well, um, they would need to have X, Y, Z. And I know there's a lot of beauty, um, groups out there, but even with all this pivoting that we've been doing and, um, telling our members that they should be having a Facebook group, um, the overwhelm of having to show up all the time is making them not like, oh, is it just another thing to have? Um, yeah. Why, why do I need to have a Facebook group? And again, it's just like cultivating that community and it doesn't have to be just the beauty salon that has the Facebook group. They could partner with a wellness studio, a yoga studios, Pilates studios and um, or a local coffee shop and they all have a community Absolutely. group together. But then who manages that? It can like, my mind just goes wild with that, Cara. So I yeah. think <laughs> like certainly onto things there. Um, it's not something I'll be doing because I've obviously got way too much on my plate, but <laughs> you're, you're a person to um, definitely keep in touch with when it comes to all of these things. Um, and just to give a little bit of an insight with when it comes to the, I think the opportunity of where your business can grow as a beauty business owner, like where can it grow digitally? Um, it's something our, our listeners should be really thinking of. Um, so yeah. yeah, that social media management aspect is, is something that will really help them. So thank you so much. Now um, at the end of the show, we always like to do a little giveaway. If you have something to offer our listeners, I'd love for you to share um, what they could win from you. Yeah. So I, um, I actually have a signature little beauty boss t-shirt that I um I created and it um basically is just to empower um beauty therapists uh, salon owners and anyone in the industry and basically it says making women feel beautiful and then it says since the year that you started your career um and it's just a really good feel good way to you know remind you of your purpose and your why and um 
yeah, fun little t-shirt that you can wear at work and things like that. So um, I would love to give one away to somebody um, in your community. Amazing. Thank you. So I think we'll put the uh, podcast graphic up on our Instagram and our Facebook. So if you head over to the Instagram graphic of Cara's podcast and let us know what is one thing you would love to have outsourced for your beauty business and then we'll pick a winner at some stage in a couple of weeks time. How does that sound? Sounds great. Oh, so good. It's so lovely to have you again, Cara. Thank you so much for your time and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.